in a desperate attempt to eliminate religiosity from a divinely inspired identity to a culturally declared one, right? So hang on with me here, right? A divinely inspired identity, divinely inspired, God, mythology, whatever, right? Think about that. Divinely inspired to a culturally declared identity. And what this means is that we've shifted our security, right? The three S's have shifted from, get this, have shifted from being sourced and based in religion to sourced and based. What's up, guys? My name is Owen Vincent, and welcome to The Seeker's Shelter, a podcast by a college kid for a college kid, or if you're going into college, or if you're a couple years removed, whatever and whoever you are, I'm glad you're here. And I want to invite you to join me in an ongoing conversation, or not. But whatever brings you here, you're welcome to sit and stay as long as you need. Because I understand that life, a lot like a two-tier pop, is hard and takes more than three tries to get to the center of it. So welcome to a safe place where your honest questions will be met with listening ears and an open heart. I'm Owen Vincent. And this is The Seeker's Shelter. Welcome back to The Seeker's Shelter. My name is Owen Vincent, and I just want to start off this podcast by saying that, you know, life is crazy. It really is. It's insane. And I'm, the reason I'm starting off the podcast this way is I went to go see, uh, and I might date my uh, podcast saying this, but this past weekend, two big movies came out, uh, one of those being Oppenheimer and the other one being a, um, a Greta Gerwig fun flick by the name of Barbie. And, yeah, I will say that one movie will is a very existential, you know, thought-provoking, um, hard-hitting, very life entrancing um, movie, and then the other movie is Oppenheimer. Um, and <laughs> why I say that is uh, I went into Oppenheimer, and if you don't see Oppenheimer, I understand. So not everybody's going to be a historian. Not everybody's going to love a three-hour biopic about some World War II figure. However, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not seen Barbie yet, just do it. It's going to be a cultural movie. It, it talks about a lot of big cultural themes, talks about things that you're going to have to go see in order to really understand and digest. Um, that with that being said, I do have my gripes. I do have my complaints with the movie. It is not perfect, but I think it is a very uh, appropriate movie to see, especially if you're in uh, the culture. If you are an active member of society, it is a very telling movie um, about where our culture is. And I'm not going to say any more on that because I don't really feel like getting too political on this podcast. However, well, not yet at least, but I do want... I do think, I do not want, but I do think that it is a very necessary movie, especially if you're older. I wouldn't say taking uh, your 10-year-old kid to this movie is a wise choice, but I think for an adult who just wants, wants the feel, wants the vibe, you know, get the, get the motion of how our culture's starting to shift, I think Barbie is a really telling movie. I think Greta Gerwig does a very interesting job. Um, you say a very, very insightful node to where the uh, where the wave is in our culture for sure. So, so all I want to say about those movies, um, really great. If you haven't seen them, I personally loved Oppenheimer more. I think it'll be, it's going to be a ten out of ten film. Um, I'm going to have to go see it again to really develop my opinions. But gosh, Killian Murphy, uh, Emily Blunt, Robert Downey Jr., 
uh, Matt Damon. I mean, just stellar performances all around. But yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cap off by saying everything about that. However, I do want to mention last week's podcast before I get into the main topic of today. You know, so last week's podcast or last podcast that I posted, we talked a little bit about. Um, identity and how uh, what we value and how how we um, understand our worth really has a big tie-in to our identity. You know, if we undercover a lot of who we believe we are, it really shows where our worth is placed, where our value is placed. Uh, and it's important for us to have a clear eye understanding about the source of our worth and the source of our value in this world. And you know, to tie it again back to the movie, I think Barbie, the big idea and theme is a lot of this value, a lot of this worth conversation that we're having. And so I thought it was kind of funny that I posted that podcast last week saying that this really big movie it was about this topic. It's a very culturally relevant theme. Our culture is struggling with where's our value, what is our worth coming from. Um, and the fact is, like, this value that we have it is emitted from the simple fact that we are human beings who, with rational thought, with emotions, with physical blessing, like we have these abilities that, and we have these, we have these vessels within us, and that is just purely who we are, like that fact alone. That is what the beauty of humanity, and that is why we as people should value one another, not because, you know, like I mentioned last week, CEO, or not because you're some big-time celebrity or because you do this or that. However, just the fact that you are human, and that's, that's enough. That's okay. You know, our self-worth is not pointed by, you know, the things we achieve or what we accomplish or, you know, what gender we are. I mentioned that last week. But it's just the fact that we are human. We need to love, but not the cost. We need to love each other, right? I ended the podcast talking about love, talking about community. However, we do need to be careful on not to love at the cost of our own self-worth. And I think that's an important tie-in, a little bit of something that I'm going to further unpack in today's podcast. And if that isn't obvious enough, you know, there's an identity crisis which has succumbed our culture. You know, as I stated earlier, this is a byproduct of our worth, not being given the proper position in our life. I really want to hit home on today on the fact that you know, we have an identity. You know, under, on top of the self-worth, right, on top of our value, there is an identity. You know, and we, as humans, it is our duty to overcome an, ide- an old identity or to establish our own identity. There's a very hard truth that must be hit, and that's the fact that we as people, we as identifying people, self-realized people, um, are lost. We're hurting, and we don't know why. And this is an important tie-in, you know, as we come to the question every time, every time, is why is our identity so important? You know, why does it matter to who we, why does it matter who we are, and why does it matter what we identify as, or how we identify what we identify as? You know, there's so many accusations that get thrown out, and there's so many causes, and there's so many myths, and blah, 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 but at the end of the day, what the real question boils down to, and I think what even Oppenheimer gets at, and what Barbie gets at, or what, you know, conversations with your wife, your husband, conversations with your friends, conversations with yourself, what you ultimately boil down to is your identity. Why is it so important? Why does it matter who we are? Why does it matter what we identify as? And why does it matter how we identify what we identify as? And it sounds like a lot of gymnastics. It sounds like a lot of words. But guys, really, I think it's just ultimately, if you get the pure essence of what's happening here, there are three big things. 
There are three big answers to this question of why is it so important. It's three big ones. I think it boils down to security, boils down to sanctity, and it boils down to self-actualization. And these three things tie in very closely to why our identity matters, why it's important to us, why every single breathing moment that we're alive, we are concerned about this topic. And number one, security. Security is how I'm understanding it and how I'm going to define it here is the security is the confidence in who we are. It's an internal dialogue with ourselves that consists of conversations around our comfort, around our consistency, and around confirmation. You know, the comfort of how we feel, the consistency of, okay, do I feel consistent with what's happening? And then the confirmation of, okay, is this right? And, uh, and the security conversation comes up time and time again whenever we're dealing with other people, whenever we're dealing with interactions, with challenge, maybe challenging topics that we're facing. And this security aspect is, is very important, and I want to hold on to it, and I'm going to get back to it later. But as I tie back into sanctity, is, I know it's a little bit of a church word, so for those people who aren't churchgoers, just follow along with me. Right? I'm about to define it here. So sanctity is the knowledge of the importance of our humanity. You know, it's our position in the world and our understanding of what value we bring to it. You know, our sanctity is it's the fact and it's the uh, understanding that we are human and that is enough, right? So going back to last episode, that we are human and we are enough. However, to draw it further, our sanctity is our position in the world, right? And the understanding of the value. And this is very important, the understanding of the value. So it's not the value, but it's the understanding of that value. So it's how we build upon the understanding of our worth. Our sanctity, right, to ties all Ben, gives us the grounding for our purpose, for our value, right? It lays the framework and it gives us the assurance and it gives us the, go back to the security, gives us the security, right? I told you these all three are going to tie in. Give us the security for understanding that value, okay? And now number three, self-actualization. Now, this sounds like a really fancy word. sounds really big, but trust me, just hang in there. It's not that big. Self-actualization is the belief in our natural, our nurtured talents to inspire or create, right? So it's how we use our abilities to reach either inner fulfillment as well as touch the lives around us. You know, touch the people who you interact with on a daily basis, touch the people who are inspired by your work, right? And this is really important too, because what identity does, identity, right, security, sanctity, and self-actualization, what the self-actualization aspect of identity really points us towards is the influence that we have on other people and the influence that we can have ultimately on the world, on our culture, on our society, whatever bigger grand you want to throw in there, that's what it means. So the self-actualization is you know, using our ability. So you know, to provide a personal example, all right, me is hopping here on this podcast, like there's a natural ability of speaking. So how do I use that well? How do I nurture my talent and how do I give it out and how do I display it for other people to receive, to be impacted by? You know, so thinking of a, a basketball player, thinking of a baseball player, right? 
how do they use their talents? Well, obviously, if you're a baseball player, you hit a ball really well. You can throw a ball. You can catch a ball. If you're a basketball player, you can shoot the ball in the hoop and actually make it in. Whereas if I tried to do that, I my shot is trash. My <laughs> growing up, my uh, my brothers and my my dad and all of my friends, I, they just know like I have a trash jump shot. I would be picked last on the basketball team every single time. Why? Because I'm not good at sports. I just don't do sports. <laughs> and so obviously I don't have a talent at that. So I'm not going to do something that I'm not talented at or that I'm not, haven't put the work in, I will say. I haven't put the work in to be talented at that. And I'm not trying to say if you're not talented at something, you should stop working at, at it because I think there is a part of nurtured talents that we can all gain. However, self actualization is really pushing for really diving in to the main aspects the main talents the main skills the the main gifts that you've been given either from life your circumstances in life whatever that looks like the main gifts that you've been given and use them for a better understanding and a better impact better influence in the world now with each three of these right our sanctity our security and our self-actualization. We've unpacked what we've unpacked what each of those mean, but to, I want to give it greater feet. Right? Each of each of these three, they play a very distinct role in the existence and complexity of our identity. But how do they practically play out in our lives? Right? How do we see them in a day-to-day basis? What if we do see them? How does that really truly influence our identity? Now, all these questions are going to boil around, but hopefully, I give I want to give some some answers for you guys. Historically speaking, humanity has drawn the three S's from our religion, from mythological stories, right? We were in the church provides these three answers. If you go to, if you're um, or a Christian or Jew or, or Muslim, or if you believe in any sort of religion, the church, the group of people that you congregate with, they provide this sort of structure, right? Religion provides self-actualization. It gives you different spiritual gifts or it gives you talents or it gives you callings. Whatever word your organization, your religion throws in there, right? Security, it gives you people to be around. It gives you a home. It gives you love. It gives you a space to feel those things. It gives you space to feel connected to people. And then sanctity, it gives you a greater purpose because there is the because there's a divine power, because there is something bigger than ourselves, because there is something that is above and is moving around in a world that is greater than ours, this gives us some sort of sanctity. It gives us some sort of value. It gives us a birth. It gives us an understanding of, okay, we are here because of this thing. We are not just here just floating around, just atoms hanging out and chilling in a vast space of nothingness. Rather, we are concretely grounded in something. That's what religion does. So historically speaking, we've drawn these three S's. We've drawn our security, and we've drawn our self-actualization and sanctity. We've drawn these three from religion, from mythological stories, right? Think about the Greeks and the Romans. They, they believed they weren't just chilling here all of a sudden, right? They had to give story to it. They had to provide some feet. They talked about Kronos. They talk about, you know, you guys know Zeus, Aphrodite, Juno. I mean, whether you're in the Roman mythology or Greek mythology, I kind of, I know I kind of bounced around there from Greek to Roman, but whether you're in Greek or Roman societies, they had a mythological story, right? However, as we've translated the past 2,000 years, now our world, our, you know, 6,000, whatever, now our world has had a dramatic shift, 
We're, we've gone away from the mythological stories. We've gone away from religion. It has a, we, our world has had a dramatic shift in a desperate attempt to eliminate religiosity from a divinely impaired identity to a culture declared one, right? So I'm going to say that a little bit slower so that we all get it, right? Our world has had a dramatic shift in a desperate attempt to eliminate religiosity from a divinely inspired identity to a culturally declared one, right? So hang on with me here, right? A divinely inspired identity, divinely inspired, God, mythology, whatever, right? Think about that. Divinely inspired to a culturally declared identity. And what this means is that we've shifted our security, right? The three S's have shifted from, get this, have shifted from being sourced and based in religion to sourced and based in a culture. Now, some people could, you know, clap back or whatever and say, well, actually, religion, ethnicity is kind of its own culture, but no. So listen to what I'm saying here. There's divinely inspired, right? So we are grounded, you're rooted in something greater than ourselves to a culturally or human inspired one, to a culturally or human declared, sorry, not inspired, a humanly declared one. So one is inspired and grounded in something greater than ourselves. And then the other one is grounded in ourselves. You get what I'm going with? You, get, you, you see where the river's flowing? Okay, just keep following, all right? Religion has been radically replaced with two main things, right? So when, when we go from religion, when we go from divine, when we go to people, there's a shift that happens. And what divine has been replaced with, what religion has been radically replaced with, I will say, is two things, and these two things are politics and platforms, right? Two things, politics and platforms. Now, is this a bad thing? You know, people looking around, it's probably, you know, you listen to this podcast, and you're like, well, Owen, this isn't, like, a terrible thing. Like, why is that so awful? And I would argue I'd say yes. Yes, this is a terrible thing. This is awful. And this is because of a central message and the fruits gained from the harvest of these institutions, Right? Now, let's look at this. Politics. What does politics do? Politics seek to divide its people. Now, I'm a big history guy, so I'm going to go back to the Romans. I kind of went to the Romans a little bit for mythology, but I want to I want to kind of start where the true democratic society started. I know the Greeks and Romans or whatnot, but if you see, the Roman Republic was separated into two main categories. It had the plebeians and it had the patricians. Right? And the Senate was another famous Roman institution, but it only lasted a few years, blah, blah, blah. But what I'm really trying to say is what happened with the Roman politics and why it ultimately failed is because you have the plebeians, you have the patricians, and you got the Senate. Right, The Senate failed because the Concilium Plebis. But ultimately what happened was that there was a democratic rule. You know, you have a the Roman Republic lasted for so long until Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar rose, to, rose, and with Julius Caesar, there was a dramatic shift in the Roman regime from republic to empire. You had a dramatic shift. Things got too politically tense. They were too politically polarized. And ultimately what happens, you have this one figure, Julius Caesar, and this other figure, Pompey. Julius Caesar conquers Pompey and then tries to take over, and then the Senate, the, who kind of run the underground things, decided to kill Julius Caesar and appoint Augustine or Octavius. And then what happened was Octavius, who admired Julius Caesar, looked up to Julius Caesar and hated and despised the other 
Senate people because of what they did to Julius Caesar. You get where I'm going with this. He took over, and now look at what happened. Now look at, you know, read any history book now. This big shift caused the fall of the Roman Republic and the rise of the Roman Empire. And this this is where I'm seeing, now I'm just kind of drawing parallels here, right? But this is what I'm seeing is happening now and today in our culture. There is a political system that is causing so much diverse and polarized conversation, right? And diverse, not, I'm not saying diverse in the good diverse, right? Where you have different groups of people. What I'm saying diverse in the fact that it is polarizing, it is tearing apart, it is ripping apart the fabric and the culture of our humanity and the culture of our connection with each other. Ultimately, what's going to happen here is a reign. It's going to happen. There's going to be a fall, just like the Roman Republic, just like every other governmental system that has ever existed. There is a fall. And it's going to happen, and it will happen. That's what politics does. It seeks to divide us until ultimately it kills us. And the second thing, right, so there's two things. We have politics and then platforms. Now, what does platforms want to do? Now, platforms ultimately seeks to isolate its people. So we have politics. Politics divides. Platforms isolates. And this we see this all over. We can look at... You look at the genesis of Facebook. Many people look at the genesis of Facebook as, oh, this is when the big falling out happened, and this is where the big destruction, Mark Zuckerberg's bad and evil, and he's a robot and all this stuff. Well, now, well, I'm not going to say yes or no to the fact of, you know, if Mark Zuckerberg's a robot or not. However, I will say that the ultimate fall of our own social media pandemic, our own happenings here, is that, what happened between, I'd say the area of like 2008, 2009, whenever social media went from computer-based to iPhone-based or to phone-based. When social media went from, oh yeah, let me just pop up on my laptop. And when it went from, from that to iPhone. And this is the real terror of what's happening here. This is the real pain is the social media pandemic. It rose, it rose to this. It, it increased, it boosted all the way up whenever the accessibility went from laptop to phone. Now, this is a very big idea because what we had before, you know, social media was we had just internet and whatnot, but now that it's personalized, now that we can just, we can literally, we literally have it. Accessibility is crazy because we can literally have social media whenever we want. And this is what's destroying our culture because now whenever we're sitting there waiting in line for a cup of coffee, or you're sitting in a waiting line for do your taxes, or whatever, you know, mailroom, wherever you are, you can just whip out your phone, and you don't even have to interact with anybody. You don't have to talk to anybody, nothing. And this is the big aspect of what's happening. It's because at our core, we want connection. We don't want to be isolated. We don't want to be broken apart. We don't want to be divided. We want to be connected. And that's what religion provides for people. That's why we as people are religious at the end of the day. We are religious people. Now, granted, we all might believe different religious, we might have all have different religious understandings. We might all, we're not all going to agree on you know, Christian, Muslim, Jew, Catholicism, you know, whatever, whatever you believe. We're not all going to agree. However, it is important for us to at least agree at some fundamental basis that religion provides a very acute identity that we cannot provide ourselves. And at our core, this is what we want. We are very religious. We are deeply, deeply religious people. But we are moving in such a way to this unreligious culture, and it's hurting us. 
it's hurting us. I don't know how else to communicate it. And if I can see it as a 20-year-old, then I believe you can too. And I believe everybody else who's listening, everybody in this world, they see it. They see it happening. I mean, it's hard to miss. It's hard to miss what's happening in our culture. When you have people, and I know I mentioned this last week, but you have people screaming at one another. Our, our political leaders, the people who we trust to lead the country, right? We trust them so much, they're screaming at each other because, and they can't decide on anything. Now, is this really what we want? Is this really what's happening? Is our identity so far lost in ourselves? It's so far down the spiral of human disparity and cognitive dissonance that we can't even get our heads out of our own asses? Excuse the language, but really? I mean, come on. Let's wake up a little bit. Let's realize the core of what we desire. Because our identity, at the end of the day, is tied into those three things. It's tied into the security we have. It's tied into the sanctity that we desire and the self-actualization that we possess. And it's because of those three things that we cannot rely on ourselves. We can't rely on ourselves. It's not going to work. It never has, and it never will. You know, like I mentioned, you know, I, I, I do enjoy reading history from time to time, and it's, it shows up every single time. Whenever a government, whenever a system starts relying more on its people and more on its leaders than the actual foundation of where the society or political government came from, it starts to fall. It starts to crumble every single time. I mean, I, I use Rome, for example, just because I'm a big Rome guy. But ultimately, if you look to how Rome fell in, you know, in uh, 470, 476, I believe, four, in the 470 AD, right? I can't remember the exact, exact time. But if you look at how they fell, they fell because of an internal conflict with themselves. They fell because they couldn't get their own crap together and they depended too much on their own understandings. They depended too much on their own knowledge. And ultimately what happened, you got the Visigoths came in, you know, own political um, destruction happened and whatnot, and they fell. They, they couldn't hold it together. But why? Just watch the river. Watch the river flow. This is what's happening every single time in every single culture. When we start depending more on our human cognitive awareness, we start to destroy the whole culture that we are in. So this is the problem whenever we as people or as a person, when we as persons start to identify more with the culture, more with outside than we do within, and we start to find, again, that value outside Rather than within, there's a split. There's a dissonance that happens. There's confusion that it ultimately leads to. And that's why religion, that's why we as a people are way more religious than we're not. And this is why this radical shift, this big dramatic push that's happened in the past hundred years away from religion, because religion's a dogma and it's bad and we shouldn't believe it, this shift that's, that's, that's caused because people don't want us to truly figure out the inner parts of ourselves because apparently that's not found in religion. Apparently that's found in a culture which seems to fail us every single time. And no matter where you go to, you will always feel dissatisfied and unfulfilled because people believe and are buying in, because people are buying into this process that we should also too. Last time somebody in the culture told me to do something, I, I can't remember the last time it went well. It never goes well. You know, and I know you as self-linking people, I know you see that too. If I'm looking out there and I see the confusion and I see the questions and I see the misunderstandings of just basic fundamental morality, 
I mean, you got no right to look at me and tell me how to how to live my life. And I know this is sounding uh, libertarian, if you will, like, no, let, let, let me live my life and you live your life. But, I mean, at the end of the day, what life is that? What identity are you tied to? I mean, that's the big question, is how do you define that? And that's what we got to get to. I mean, that's what we got to understand, is how do you do that? And I think it does boil down to those three things. I think it boils down to where do you find your security, sanctity, your self-actualization. And once you find the answers to those questions, you're going to be a lot better off. You're a lot more grounded, a lot more founded in what's happening with you. You know, and that's the big thing about identity here at the end of the day, is we all have uh, different gifts, we all have different talents, and, you know, we all are aware of those talents and gifts differently, and we all expect and demand different different types of security. You know, it's not all going to look cookie cutter. You know, that's that's kind of the issue with uh, with some understandings of religion, is that it has to be this way, it has to be that way. It's like, no, it, it doesn't have to be this way or that way. It's going to look different for each person. Each each person has a different understanding of different emotional capacity, different relational capacity, different physical capacity. I mean, we, we all are going to understand those elements differently. But at the end of the day, how are we getting fulfilled? And if you come up empty-handed, if you've come up time and time again with those questions unanswered because of a culture that somehow expects you to find its answers, in the lost maze that they themselves have created, <laughs> well, I'm here to encourage you and welcome you to the fact that you're not alone. Many people have been lost. Many people have been confused in the cultural maze that they try to sell us. But don't buy in. It's not worth it. It will just leave you empty. It will leave you unfulfilled. And it will leave you security-less for lack of better terms. We need to find our answers in something, in a power that is greater than ourselves. And I know this takes a lot of humility to admit. You know, I get it. It's very, it's very hard to relinquish that pride. It's very hard to relinquish that grasp that you have on yourself. Like, no, I, this is just who I am. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do it on my own. Like, no, I, I get that. I get that. It's, it's hard to to admit that you don't know the answers. It's hard to admit that you don't know where to look for the answers. But you don't know where to look because you haven't been told. You know, you don't know where to look because we are in a culture, we're in a world that has destroyed the only sole foundation of where you can look. I'll open that door for you and invite you in. And ultimately, we're looking for that deeper connection a deeper understanding of why we're here, that deeper purpose, that deeper value. And that comes from being grounded in something that's greater than yourself. And that's the problem with being living in a culture, living in a society that is itself declared, that declares itself off of humanity, off of the functions that it can produce. Humanity can only go so far. We as a people can only do so much. So as you go out into this week, you know, I challenge you, I urge you to ask those questions for yourself, to figure out truly where do you stand? You know, how do you stand? Why do you stand on those things? You know, it's an important question for us to ask. 
And if you come up empty handed, if you come confused, if you come up lost, I mean, I'm right, I'm right there with you, brother, right there with you, sister. But at least we're asking those questions. At least you're there in a world that tells us is moving so fast that it wants us to not think about those things. It wants us to be busy. It wants us to just go, 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 go. Stop thinking about it. Just go. To allow yourself to slow down and think, am I religious? And I don't mean that in like a faith-bending, mind-altering sense. I just mean that in the simple fact of you desire a purpose. You were created for a purpose that is bigger than yourself. That is bigger than the community you live in. Is bigger than the world you live in. Like you were, you were designed for that. And what does that mean? And how does that look? I challenge you to do though. I challenge you to ask your ask yourself those questions, and see where you come up, because that's the core of our identity. That is the core of who we are. We are deeply religious, in a world that tells us we're not, and that's cognitive dissonance. That's confusion. And I'm here to set it. I'm I'm here to at least shine a light on this misunderstanding that's been so pervasive in this world. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning back into the Seeker Shelter. Appreciate everybody who just just takes the time out of their day to uh, to listen to maybe the thoughts that I have to say, and hopefully you get something insightful out of it. And I, I really appreciate you guys liking, commenting, and uh, sharing the podcast. It means a lot to me. Yeah, the, kind of a, a little bit of a deeper episode today, but I hope I shared some good thoughts with you. Um, as we go further into this self-exploration, I'm looking forward to... Uh, seeing where it goes, talking a little bit more, discussing a little bit more about now that we've uncovered what identity is, how do we go out and live that? How do we go out into a community and truly apply our worth and our identity to that community? And like, what blessings does that have? What pains does that have? What joys, what expectations, all those, this, all that stuff uh, and more in next week's episode. As you know, my name is Owen Vinson and this is The Seekers Shelter. Peace!